Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Greg Long. He is a results and life coach empowering individuals and businesses to thrive. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Amy. Glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. And can you share your journey with us? You have quite a journey of how you became a coach and what got you to where you are today. Sure. Sure. I'll give you the short version. So we're not here for two hours, right? <laughs> See, the short version is I was put in a boy's home when I was 12 and 13 years old because I was involved with drugs and alcohol. And my whole life up until I was 35 was involved in the same way. I lived on the streets for a while. I was a heroin addict at a young age. And I didn't get checked into a hospital till my early 30s. And that's when I started my journey. So the things that I've accomplished to date are extraordinary based on history of where I came from in the background. So one of the things that I did when I got sober is I got a coach and a mentor, obvious, somebody to help me to navigate life. And out of that, I started, I was divorced at the time. And with that coach and that mentor, within a year, I was remarried to my ex-wife and restored the relationship with my kids. And with that coach and mentor, I went on to start a handyman company. It was just a small handyman company. But what he did is he encouraged me to get involved in these self-help programs and seminars. So I took a couple of self-help programs and seminars. And out of those seminars, I started to disappear the story that I had about myself. And I started from that moment on, said, I can do anything I want out of these seminars. And within six years, I had a very successful building company. I had 21 employees. We were a big name in our area. And then in 2008, when the economy crashed, that all went, it was gone. It was just that I was decorating my backyard for my daughter's graduation, and they were towing the cars out of my driveway. It was pretty like a finale. And at that point, I could have went back to my old story. There's something wrong with me, and I'm different. But at that point, I said, okay, good. What could we do now? differently than I did before. So I started to think of different ideas. And within a short time, we were property managers for the banks and all the properties they took away from builders. But it wasn't fulfilling. It was like a default mode. I accidentally ended up being a builder because I, uh, when I lived on the streets, I learned how to, some carpentry skills because they would always hire somebody. They would always hire a laborer. They would always hire somebody to take on the, the work with them. And then they'd pay you cash at the end of the day. And if you didn't show up, they weren't worried about it. So it was a perfect time to learn a trade. And when I got clean and sober, it was the only thing that I knew how to do. So I became a builder by default, but my heart wasn't in it. And then I became a property manager by default. But all my successes I noticed were evolved around coaching around mentorship, around listening to somebody from the outside because they could see things that I couldn't see. And so about nine years ago, I said, I think I want to do that. I think that's going to be my passion. I really fell in love with the idea. And it took about three years of navigating the waters. And then there was a tipping point in my business where all of a sudden, there was a lot of business. That game that people play inside of, if you can hang out long enough, 
for that tipping point in your business, it starts to go the way you'd always dreamed it would go. The problem is most of us can't hang out long enough. We want to check out long before the time. So that's what I've been doing. And I've created a pretty successful coaching business up till now. It's an amazing story. I love what you said about how you changed your mindset from I'm different. There's something wrong with me because I think that a lot of people deal with that. Yeah. You no, know, exactly. there's that imposter syndrome. I think everybody gets to the point you get promoted at work. All of a sudden, for sure, you feel like an imposter because you're brand new in there. You don't know. Yeah. Trust that I have something to offer the position because somebody else could see something I couldn't see. Yeah. And thinking that you're different. We're all unique in many ways, but I think that I can identify with that thinking I'm different, but in reality, not really. I fit. You're coaching for nine years. I haven't ran across anybody different. We're all human beings, but I know when I decided I was different. If you take a look into your young childhood, there's somewhere in there where something happened and then you made a decision about yourself. Yeah. And so there's an eight-year-old who made this decision, yet today we're living like it's still the truth. Yeah, absolutely true. It's so important to, to dive into that. So why do you believe getting coaching certifications could limit you as a coach? One of the things that I think coaches or new coaches think they need is they need somebody else's idea of what a coach is. And then they go out and pursue credentials on the side of it so they can say they have credentials in coaching. But I think it took away from who they are, the difference they're past, the difference in they can see for themselves. And now they're using somebody else's philosophy instead of, you know, as a coach, our job is to provide a space where you can uncover the layers that have covered you up over the years, not learn more strategies. Yeah, uh, it's, that was just for me. Now, there might be a lot of value in some programs. I haven't done any, so I don't know. But I have participated in different philosophies for 20 years now. In 2001, one of the programs I mentioned, I did the Landmark Forum. I'm sure you've heard of the Landmark Forum, but it was a transformational program. Within four years, I had a multi-million dollar building company because I disappeared whatever layer was in the way. And they provided that space in three days where I could uncover that layer. Yeah. So there's just layers. And every coach out there thinks he needs one more initial to be successful. If I get one more, one more, then I'll be really great. No, no, that's not the way you do it. I've even coached very brilliant people who have three and four degrees. But if you dig deep enough, the reason they have those three or four degrees is because they have a story about themselves called I'm stupid. And they're waiting for a piece of paper to tell them they're not. Yeah. And it never works. Yeah. It's so true. I was thinking about that the other day. Anytime you reach outside of yourself to either give yourself identity or to identify yourself to other people, like status, that is just really insecurity, right? It's unhealed trauma and insecurity because at the end of the day, whoever you discover that you are, say you don't really know who you are and you discover who you are, you don't really need anything external that expresses that. You are who you are. 
Exactly. And, it, and if it is external, it's not going to last long. Exactly. It has no shelf life because next week I'll forget the external and then I won't be that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened to my credentials? I forgot. I don't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> so it has no shelf life inside of being successful. I'm asserting, and a lot of my training is asserting that we've just covered up who we really are. And we started at a very young age. So we have all these layers to peel away so we can uncover who we were meant to be. Yeah, so true. I love that. What do we need in order to create a future we love? I think part of it is disappearing the filters that we've created from the past. See, if I don't disappear any filters, there's no room to create anything new. It's just putting this new thing on top of old. So there's nothing brand new, nothing long lasting. So I have to disappear that I have these limits. I have to really get grounded in. How can I say? You have to get to nothing to create anything. And that's a philosophy, one of Landmark's philosophies. If you have a chalkboard full of writing and equations and everything else, you can't create on top of that chalkboard because it's already occupied with something. Your mind and your view of yourself and your view of your family and your view of what you're capable of is already covered. It's already got these filters. You've already created those. So if I try to create something new on top of it, it's just another version of the same old thing. But if I erase the board completely, now I can start to create something brand new, something that I say, this is how life's going to go, not based on fixing something from the past. And then you need help doing that. You need help uncovering because we've had those filters for so long that they don't just fall away. I absolutely agree. So what is the key to fulfillment and happiness for those who are already successful? I think that one of the things for people who are already successful, the key for themselves is they start every day new. You know, they really wake up with a purpose. They have a game in mind, you know, where do they want to be? What difference do they want to make? They serve the people around them. I think it's pretty much the same for everybody. See, there's a lot of very successful people that are really unhappy. Because along the way, they forgot that it's not all about them. There's another world out there to contribute to. There's a difference you can make with everything you've accumulated over the years. And once people start to give away their time, not necessarily money, but just give away their time, they have this purpose. They're All of a sudden, they're wanted and needed by somebody else. And so that fulfills them on a daily basis. So to maintain that level and not get beat up along the way, because a lot of people who put themselves out there get beat up with cynicism and criticism and all of the things that beat us back down to go, forget that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go back to where it was safe. And that's when it disappears again. And they wonder what happened. I think we all do that. I think we all say, hey, let's, well, you look at, Amy, when you started in business, how many no's did you get? Oh, tons. Exactly. Now that could have gone two ways. I could have been cynical and resigned and said, forget it. This isn't going to work. It's a no. But you keep pursuing. You keep with an intention to make a difference for your future clients. And then all of a sudden you start getting yeses. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you're going to get more no's than you get yeses. So you have to get through the no's. That's what I tell other coaches. I said, listen, there's only 15% of the planet that will ever hire a coach. 
So you've got to get through 85% of the planet before you find those yeses. So you have to keep going. You have to, because not everybody's going to hire a coach. Not everybody's going to do a seminar. Not everybody's interested in growing or uncovering things. I think it's a small percentage. Yeah, definitely. So why do you think we struggle to have confidence in ourselves and how do you help individuals overcome that? That's a tough question because I, I really, it's just a really, I think for myself, the only thing that deals with my confidence is getting into action. The minute I feel a loss of confidence, I have to get into action. I have to go do something that stretches me. I have to go out and try to speak to a group of people. I have to, even in the grocery store, I have to say hi to 10 people. Why? Because I don't feel confident today. So if I'm walking through a grocery store, I'll say hello to 10 people and start two conversations. And when I leave the grocery store, confidence is there. Because the difference got made. So I think the more idle we are, the more dormant we are inside of what we're up to, the more our confidence disappears. Have you ever gone on, especially what you do, Amy, you're on personality on all the time. But if you take a three-week vacation, you have to go through that lack of confidence when you start up again. Where yeah. did it go? I did, where did it go? It was three weeks that I took a time out on vacation, and now all of a sudden I'm nervous about this next thing I'm doing that I've done a hundred times. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I think the part of it is just getting into action. So a lot of people that I work with that have confidence issues, we start to do things. To give you an example, one of my clients years ago, she was a housewife. She was an engineer for one of the big three auto companies. Very successful. Then she stopped and she stayed home and had three kids. Now it's eight years later and she wants to get back in the workforce, but over eight years, she lost all her confidence. And it was really great because what we created is she started a yoga class at the dementia center. So she went in and taught yoga to no one who could remember her from week to week. And it was brilliant because she started brand new and every week they got there and she got there to teach. They go, what are we doing today? And they go, oh boy, yoga. But in the meantime, she got her confidence back by being in front of people. And it wasn't a threat. It wasn't risky. It was something that was safe until you, she got used to what she was doing again. And then all of a sudden, her confidence came back and said, oh, yeah, it was just misplaced. Yeah. It's so easy to get in our heads about things. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. I always like that phrase. If you're in your head, you're dead. <laughs> it's a good reminder. It is. It really is. Yeah. And one of the things I do before I speak or something, it's about the audience. It's about them. It's about the person I'm with. Because if it's about me looking good, oh boy, there it goes. It's all over. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it never comes out. Yeah, oh, it's so true. Yeah. You get the butterflies, the whole thing. It, so what are your top tips for relationship struggles at work or at home? Here's the big thing at home. For in my relationship with my wife, I realized there was a, there was a particular word I gave in my relationship. Like when we got married, there was I gave my word to something. I gave my word to love, honor, and cherish. And I consider myself, I had a great relationship with my word. Like when I say something, it pretty much you can count on it getting done, except for that one word where I said I would love, honor, and cherish. And then it, and you two weeks after we got married, it was based on only if she behaves right. So that's really not my word anymore. I put in all kinds of buts and ifs, and I must, so the integrity in my relationship was gone. So one of the things that I suggest to everybody is restore your integrity and in what you gave your word to, and then start to create boundaries and start to create 
having communication about what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Same thing in a work environment. The reason work environments are so explosive because there are no agreements. They're all perceived agreements. You get a paycheck every week, so you're implying that you're going to do the best you can until you get a resentment and then you stop working and then you wonder how come the it's no fun to go to work anymore while well, you're doing 60% of what you promised to do. And that's a big part of the work environment. If you don't want to honor your word, then stop taking a paycheck. Yeah. And then I'll be fulfilled and happy. I'll be really fulfilled and happy if I implying by taking a paycheck that I'll do the best I can, then go to work and do it. Doesn't mean you're going to do it perfect. But at least I'm on the court now in a game of fulfilling on what I said I would do. Yeah, definitely. That's really good. I think a lot of people stay put so they don't, because they're, they've trained everybody around them that this is as good as it gets. And then if they have to go to a new job, they have to up their game and it's uncomfortable to up your game. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it's a different culture and you don't, there's all the unknown. I heard somebody say once that the more uncertainty you are willing to handle in life, the happier you're going to be. Beautiful. Well said. Because if you are so focused on certainty, certainty is things that are predictable. Things that are predictable get pretty boring too. And people have already done them. (laughs) Yeah. And not focusing on everything, having to be a certain way, you get a lot less stressed out. You have more variety in life. And uh, yeah, a lot more happiness, the more that you are just willing to let go of all that's the brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And that's one of the agreements that I have with some of my clients is that you have to be willing to be uncomfortable because we're going to take some actions you haven't taken before. Because if you had taken them already, you wouldn't be here with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And that's across the board. It's CEOs down to basic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think has been your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? The only truth that I can ever see for myself is I make the difference that really makes a difference. And I believe that it's an unshakable belief. It's something that I said to myself back in 2000 before I really got started. It says, no, I can make a difference. And the other truth is that I spent the first 36 years sucking the life out of the people around me. And so I'm going to spend the rest of that time making up for it. So that keeps me moving. It keeps me serving. It keeps me providing value. You know, it's just a contribution to the community and the world. Good. So can you share some of your client success stories with us? You know, one of the big ones for me was this was so exciting because I had a couple come to me and I knew what was going to happen, but they didn't have a clue. They both already hired attorneys and they were on the way to divorce court. And they both had the attorneys and one of them heard about me. So they got on the phone with me and we had an enrollment conversation about investing. And I made a bold promise. I do that a lot in my coaching. I make some really bold promises and I promised them if they invested with me for three months, they would never get a divorce. And so they wrote a check to me for 10 grand for the next three months. And I didn't have to do anything. Because that was the first time in their life as a couple, they invested in their marriage. Wow. The first time. And you should have heard them. They started to create together. They started to find their garbage over there for each other. Oh, I did that. You're absolutely, I did that. The whole time we spent together was about them uncovering for each other. But it took that one investment 
that they both agreed on. That was probably the only thing they agreed upon in years. But all it was was FNMC that they gave their word to something and neither one of them was honoring it. They were more committed to being right than they were loving the other person. For every time that their integrity is out, they blame the other person. <laughs> I gained 10 pounds. You're the problem. <laughs> if you got that to the core, and one of the things I really got to terms with is I'm, I created everything. I'm 100% responsible for the failures, for the disappointments, for the all the behaviors I've had my whole, it was started here. And so many times I hear people still blaming their father and mother for having to struggle today. And I go, you got to be kidding me. They're blaming because why? They have to have somebody to blame. Yeah. And the only one that won't argue with them is their mother and father. They yeah. just go, okay, if you feel that way. And at some point, even if it is their mother and father that caused it, maybe they weren't raised in the best environment. You're still, as an adult, now responsible for taking responsibility to healing yourself. Go do something about it. Yeah, do a seminar. I was locked up in a boys' home at 12 because I was incorrigible. And I blamed my parents for years for that's where it started. No, I wouldn't come home at night. I wouldn't do anything they wanted me to do. I disappeared. They said, be home at 9 o'clock. I'd come home Tuesday. So they had to put me somewhere where I'd be safe. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? That's exactly what we talked about already. It's the willingness to be uncomfortable. Really create for yourself, okay, good. This next year is going to be the most uncomfortable time in my life. So if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not moving. I didn't do that. And that's why it took three years to have a breakthrough on my own for the tipping point of my company. But if you're really interested in being and building something fast be really uncomfortable yeah i know for you and what you've created because you're phenomenal by the way i, I read some more and i listened to you just phenomenal how you're out there and what you're doing you had to make a lot of mistakes to get where you're at yes <laughs> yeah, really uncomfortable i don't know about you but sometimes i type something out and i go oh god this is going to screw them up and i send it anyway and it, it turns out to be some of your best stuff <laughs> right. because you're willing to risk it yeah and it's so easy to get in your head about things be too hard on yourself I think even with stuff that you do online because I started with a communication disability I don't know if you picked that up but I had an IQ of 25 I couldn't speak I couldn't respond in the moment and yeah. it took me till 2016 to overcome that and I was horrible for years and I did my podcast and I literally would just read off a piece of paper, read a script Yeah. because I couldn't do anything else. And then now I don't deal with that anymore because I've overcome it. But I think that it can be frustrating with, for people when they're like, I don't like to see myself on video. I don't like to hear my voice. When I would listen to my podcast back in 2008, when I first started it and I'd listen to my voice, I'm like, oh. I can't sound like that. Do I really sound? <laughs> and it's those little things. And now I don't, it doesn't phase me. I'm used to my voice, but, and that's what causes fear of speaking. For example, yeah. you get up, you talk in a microphone, you hear your voice for the first time and you're like, no, I don't sound like that. that. So things like podcasting really help with the public speaking. You have to start somewhere and you have to start and allow yourself to, like you said, not be good at stuff that's the key it'll come out like you said what happened is you found your authentic voice and being uncomfortable 
you yeah. feel the way I have to act a certain way. No, I'm going to be the goofy me and I'm going to share exactly what's out there. And then that success came because people can feel it. I did my first relationship little thing on YouTube video. So I set the camera in front of me and I did this 10 minute talk about relationships and I was animated, I thought, and I was smiling, I thought, I thought I was just alive and I played it back and I looked like a serial killer. In my head, I was just a rock star, but playing it back, I couldn't, my mouth wasn't moving and it was just hilarious. Now you get a little instant feedback, but back then it took a little bit. Yeah, I've had a few of those myself. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. I do want to ask you if there are people that are listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Facebook or LinkedIn, just Gregory Long, Results in Life Coach. Either one. You can find me on either venue. Perfect. And I'll reach out. Yeah. And I'll put your LinkedIn down below. Thank you again so much for coming on today. Oh, it's so fun to be with you. Really great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're listening and you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit com. Thank you, everyone, and have a